like I said earlier, this is an Easter like no other. Not only are you sitting in a room with a few people or maybe even by yourself instead of in here where we're usually packed with about a thousand people on a, a, at a service. Um, but not just because this is different, but because these are actually dark days. And they're dark days outside of us, which is creating a lot of fear, um, a lot of despair. When there, when there are dark days, that means there is. There's pain, uh, there's suffering, there's loss, and we're experiencing that right now. There's confusion when things are dark, there's questions, and there's uncertainty. And what's interesting, you guys, when we have dark days, they kind of reveal, the pressure reveals what's going on inside of us. And so not only are there stuff happening outside of us that's dark, but all so dark days inside of us. Because we realize, man, I, I thought I was stronger than this, or I thought I had more hope than this. I thought I'd be able to handle this. And then there's shame. It's, it's interesting how shame rises up inside of us when we aren't able to be the people that we want to be. Well, 2,000 years ago, a little over that, it was definitely a really dark day. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ was absolutely devastating. These men, his followers and others beyond them, they had put all their hope in Jesus Christ. They believed with all their being that he would be the Messiah, the one that would save them and rescue them from the Roman Empire. And then something outside of themselves that they had no control over whatsoever robbed their hope, stole it, crucified it, and killed it. And their hope was gone. Saturday was a really weird day. That was a day of despair and fear. And that's when they were trembling and they were staying inside. But the other thing that happened to them on that Saturday was shame. Because they knew, they said, man, we will never leave you, Jesus. We will be there with you. And every single one of them abandoned them. And they realized it's not just the stuff outside that actually makes it dark. There's something inside of myself I can't even be who I want to be. And it took away their hope. I'm telling you, Friday and Saturday were really dark days. And then Sunday came and the sun rose in the morning in more ways than one. Light broke in to that darkness. And now all of a sudden, these people who were in despair and didn't have any hope they had no more fear. They lived with no more fear of with outside circumstances and things that could take away their life. They lived with no more fear of their own failures. No more. Darkness was gone. And I love how John, one of Jesus' disciples said it. He said, in Christ was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. I tell you guys, when Easter came on that dark day, they became free and they were filled with life. And what I want to share with you today is you can be too. You can be too. And I just want to encourage you, no fear of anything outside of you, no circumstance, no person, and no fear of your own failures can be yours today. And so 
I, I, I want to tell you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, this is our day of celebration and absolute rejoicing about the truth that we are free and we are filled to live life. And I just want to say, if you haven't put your faith in Christ and you're jumping on today to watch this, man, thank you. And I, I just want to encourage you as, as I kind of go through this here today. God really does love you. And he wants to come into your darkest days. And he wants to give you the hope and the peace and the life. He really does. And, and the craziest thing is, even today, while I'm speaking, um, pay attention and just have an open heart and see if God might reveal to you how much he loves you and what he's done for you. So before I go into the scripture today, let me just pray over it. Jesus, I ask for your anointing on this word Because of Easter, we believe with all of our heart that you're alive in this moment. God, you are a living God, and your word is living and active, and you can speak to us. And I pray for every person who's listening today that they would not hear me, but that they would hear you. And may your love and your power, your truth, and your salvation come loud and clear. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So the passage I'm going to teach from, I'm going to unpack just a couple verses today. But man, they are rich and they are full. And I, I've been sitting with them for a long time and I can't wait to share them for you. It's Colossians chapter one. So if you want to grab your Bibles or the scriptures will be on your screen. But Colossians one, verse 12 through 14 says this. Give joyful thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and he's brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And as I unpack this with you guys, there's there's three things I'm gonna show you today. That light actually overcomes darkness. That the kingdom actually overcomes the dominion and that love overcomes all of our sin. So let's look at light overcomes darkness. When John was talking about Jesus, he said this. He said, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay, now let me just say this again. Think about this. A life with no fear, there is no sorrow. Let me say this. There is no fear, no sorrow, no despair, no confusion or anxiety, No pain, no sickness, not even death that isn't overcome by light. Darkness is always used as this metaphor. We use it. Man, these are really dark days. But we know that darkness is actually overcome by light. It's it's one of the greatest reasons. I love to get up super early in the morning and spend time with God. And when it's nice outside, I love the fact that I'll get up and it'll be dark out. And here's the one thing I know. Here's the one thing I know in the midst of all the uncertainty that we have today. And there's a ton. We have no idea how long we're going to have to be like this or if any of us are actually going to get the virus or if people we love are going to die. We don't, man, there's so much we don't know. My guess is that not one of you though today was anxious on whether the sun was going to rise or not. I bet none of us went to bed last night and go, oh my God, what if the... What if the sun doesn't rise? 
See, like you knew, you knew the sun was going to rise. And every time the sun rises, what happens? It overcomes the darkness. The darkness goes away and the sun shines. And here's what I want to tell you is Jesus created. He's the creator of all things. He's the one who actually created the cosmos so the sun would come up. The Bible tells us, actually, that at some point, everything created, the heavens and the earth are going to go away, but not the word of Christ because he is even more faithful than the sun rising every day. And he is the light of the world and light overcomes darkness. And I love this. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Okay, let me, let me just read that to you again. God, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness. All there was was darkness and God had the ability to bring light into that. He's the same God who makes his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And I I want to tell you, really, the the experience, I I thought just really quickly, again, to try and just go, how do we help? What does that feel like? And I remember, again, back in the early 90s, and I've shared this story here at K2 before, but it's the one that hit me today, is I I took a group of high school kids, I'm from Michigan, and I took a group of high school kids on a week-long backpacking trip up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And I'm going to tell you, man, it was a crazy trip. The interesting thing about this trip was we didn't have a trail. There was actually no path. It was called the Blue Diamond Trail at that time in the early 90s. And all you had were these little blue diamonds about this big, and they would stick them and they'd nail them on a tree. And so you literally would walk through a forest with no path in the hopes that you'd find the next diamond about 20 yards away. So there were little signs But in the midst of that, I'm telling you guys, it was hard. Mosquitoes are biting you like crazy. It's hot. Michigan's humid. We're sweating like mad. Kids are losing their boots and mud. We're fighting with each other. We're getting scratched up. We're hoping. And then one day, the kids who were actually leading the trip, nobody was looking for a blue diamond. And for hours, we got lost to the point where later that night, the person who actually was our guide told me, She said, I was actually scared. I didn't know where we were. See, that's what darkness is like. Man, it's hard. It's confusing. You get lost. You get scraped up. And I'll never forget the last day was the worst day of all. For some reason, the thickness of the brush and the trees was just intense. And we just kept going and struggling and pushing through. And then literally, all of a sudden, we came out of the forest in a moment, and there was Lake Superior. Blue skies, huge lake, looks like the ocean. And the beautiful thing about that lake is it's so out away from mankind that it's pure enough that you can dunk your head right in the water and drink it. (laughs) And I tell you, all week long, all we had had is warm, smoky water. And I'll tell you, that, when I thought about this scripture saying, If you're in darkness, if you're in confusion, if you're struggling, 
then God can make his light shine in your heart. And it is similar to getting out of the darkness of the forest and bam, and there's cold, refreshing, living water and you're free. And don't forget this, you guys. I think God created the physical world to help us to know spiritual realities. Light overcomes darkness. And if, you experience, if you're experiencing any of that, externally or internally, the hope of Easter is that he will shine his light inside your heart and that you'll be able to see what you couldn't see before. One last thing on that verse. Notice what it says. It says, He shines his light in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Displayed in the face of Christ. This Easter weekend, Good Friday, the death of the crucifixion of Christ, and today the resurrection of Jesus, when we look at Jesus closely, we actually get to see the glory of God and the light that can take away all of our darkness. So I have two other things I'm going to share with you today. I'm so excited to, to unpack these with you. The first one is this, that the kingdom actually overcomes the dominion. And then I'm going to share with you that love actually overcomes the sin. So in this, in the second point, the verse said, for God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and he's brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. So here's one of the things we need to understand about life. There actually is a dominion of darkness. That word dominion means power. It actually means there's an authority. And so you actually, everyone lives in a spiritual darkness. And the one key thing that this spiritual power does, there, and, and Jesus actually talks about this. You guys, you literally, if you're going to believe it all in God or Christ, Jesus made, made it very clear that there is an enemy and his key tactic is to lie to you, which again, deception is just another way of saying darkness because when you're in darkness, a dominion of darkness, you can't see what's real. You can't see it. But as soon as the light comes on, you go, oh, now I can see. Now I know what is true. And Jesus says, Satan is a real enemy and he's the father of lies. And when he lies, he speaks his native language and he's constantly working to keep us in darkness. Listen to this. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says this. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Now, now the scripture I chose today says this. Easter tells us, Good Friday and Easter, Jesus Christ tells us that there actually is a dominion, a power, and it's more powerful than you are. And that power is a power of darkness to the point where apparently Satan has the ability to blind our minds 
so that we cannot see the reality of God. And he came to rescue us from that. So here's what I want to tell you. This power is real, you guys. The spiritual power, this, the power right now that's causing any fear in you, any anxiety in you, the power inside of us that makes us angry and bitter, rude to one another, selfish, all of these things that are darkness, it's not of heaven. The power is real and it causes us, most importantly, to not believe in God. So for some of you, maybe you're watching and others of us were there where I don't believe there is a God. Or secondly, you might believe there is a God, but you don't believe that you can trust him. You don't think that he's actually good. Or sometimes what we believe in our mind is that there's a God, but it's not necessary to actually follow him. Or really, we can even get to the point where we'll believe that we're better off without him. See, here's what's interesting. There's a dominion of darkness, a spiritual power of darkness that causes us to live in this facet. And the insidious nature of this power is that it actually makes us feel like it's okay to be separated from God. In fact, it's probably better to be. And so we say, literally, things in in our our hearts are saying, you know what, I, I really don't want God in my life. Like, I'd love his help, but I don't want him actually in my life, and I'm definitely not interested in following his ways. They seem archaic. They seem ridiculous. And so, so we literally say to God, I don't want you in my life and I don't want to be in your life. That's the dominion and the power of spiritual darkness. And so in, in Ephesians 2, it says, so instead of following God, we follow the ways of this world. We put our hope in this world. And now look what happens. You put your hope in your health. You put your hope in your finances. You put your hope in your job. You put your hope in a person and all of these things, you just realize, well, they can all be gone. But we follow them and we look to them. And then there's just the way of the world, which is just selfishness at its core. And then we follow, this is interesting. It says this in Philippians 2. We follow the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. See again, there's a spiritual power, a dominion that actually causes us to say no to God and to do things that are against him. And then it says this, and all of us, all of us once lived that way. Guys, this is the human condition. Can I I just say, I just want to encourage you, as, as we look at this and what the scripture tells us, what God through Christ is revealing to us, you guys, you are under a spiritual power and it's stronger than you are. And you need to be rescued from this. And, and this is important to understand because when I think about Jesus, like, and we look at what he went through on the cross, why would he have gone through that gruesome death on the cross unless we were being enslaved by a spiritual power of darkness that made us say, we don't want God in our life. And I would tell you guys, the whole plan, the whole plan is to keep human beings separated from God. And when we say no to God, he just simply, that's what sin is. Sin is when I I follow, I I do what I want to do more than what God wants me to do. I love myself more than I love God, more than I love others. And 
the spiritual darkness helps, makes us think that that's the best thing for us. So we stay separated from God. And if we're separated from God, then that actually leads us to death. Because he is life. He is life. And we're living it without him. And here's the crazy thing that I really want to try to get across today. Is you can't escape it. You can't, on your own power, get away from it. The scripture tells us you must be rescued from it. So here's the good news. And this is the greatest news. That the kingdom of God, the kingdom of the son he loves, of Jesus, overcomes the dominion. It's a greater power. So again, there is a spiritual dark power in the world that blinds us. That's true. And that power is actually more powerful than you. But the kingdom is a royal power. It's greater. It's sovereign. It has more authority. And and in a domain, you're forced to do things. But in a kingdom, there's there's freedom. And so I was trying to think about how to explain this. And I was uh, reminded right after this coronavirus started to get bad and they started to figure out what we should do a few weeks ago. There was a headline in, in, in the news and it said this, Governor Herbert orders Salt Lake County and Utah County public health orders repealed. You guys, I don't know if you guys remember this, but as soon as it got bad, immediately Salt Lake County and Utah County, the public health in the county made an order and they said this, they made gatherings of more than 10 people a class B misdemeanor. <laughs> they actually said that you'll be breaking the law if you, if you get in there. And then right after that, so everybody, we were trying to figure out, well, what can we do? Can we be with 10 people or not? And then we heard that and we're like, oh my gosh, you know, we can never do anything more than 10 or we'll end up paying fines and going to jail. And then later that afternoon, Governor Herbert orders the Salt Lake and Utah County Public Health orders repealed. See, they both had power. Salt Lake County Department, Health Department had power. But when the governor spoke, his power was greater and he could repeal the orders. Okay, let me tell you what this scripture is saying is that Jesus Christ came to rescue you from the dominion of darkness, which is keeping you from being tight with God. And he's bringing you into the kingdom of the son that he loves. Jesus Christ, you guys, has more power than any darkness that you're going through. Fear, anxiety, confusion, rebellion against God, anything. He's more powerful. Listen to this. Ephesians chapter 1, 18 through 21. Says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. (laughs) There it is again. Somehow something can happen deep in the core of who you are where the eyes of your heart can be enlightened. And he prays, man, I pray that they would be in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Man, are you guys living in hope? I spoke about this a couple weeks ago. It is possible right now in the midst of all the uncertainty and all the fear and all the possibility of real pain and real loss and real suffering to have hope. He goes, man, I pray that your eyes of your heart would so that you would know the hope, that you would know the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. And look at, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. 
See, darkness is always trying to take us down. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to destroy our peace. He's trying to destroy our relationships. But here's the greatest thing. That power, which is very real, we can have incomparably great power for us who believe. And look at this. Here's Easter. And that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, okay? So Jesus, God raised him from the dead, mighty, incomparably great power. And then look at verse 21. Who's Jesus? He is far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is invoked not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. The King, Jesus, overcomes the dominion of darkness. He is far above all darkness. Anything that's inside of you, the deepest, darkest sin that you can imagine, the shame that you feel, everything that you're hiding because you don't want anybody else to see, all your anxiety, the darkest places, Jesus is far above that power of darkness. And we see the glory of God, he said, in Jesus. So let me just show you how Easter works in this. See, what Jesus did is he overcame sin in the cross. See, the power, the dominion of darkness is what leads us to do what God doesn't want us to do. It tempts us. And we say no to God all the time. And we say yes to ourselves and it just messes everything up. But on the cross... Jesus overcame the dominion of darkness. How? Well, the dominion of darkness tempted Jesus all the time. He was always the enemy, right? As soon as Jesus was baptized, the first thing he did is he went out in the desert and he was tempted to say no to God. He was tempted all the time in every way, the Bible says, like you are. And yet he never gave in to sin. The power of darkness that makes every one of us say no to God tried to get Jesus to do the same thing, and he never sinned. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was sweating drops of blood because he was so stressed, he told his disciples, I am filled with sorrow to the point of death. He was struggling because it was in that moment where he decided to say, but not my will be done, but yours be done. So he overcame the power, the dominion of darkness all the way to the cross. He said yes to God every single time. And since there was no sin in him, none, he could actually pay for ours. In the scripture I chose, it said he has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and he's brought you into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. And redemption, you guys, in whom we have redemption, this was, a, this was the term that was used. If anybody was captured in war, and that's really the picture I have in this. You, you actually are enslaved by a power of darkness. You were created by God. You're loved by God. You actually belong to God. 
But when a person is actually captured and becomes a POW, or if somebody is kidnapped, if something that's yours and it gets lost, the word redemption simply means you can actually pay a price so that you can release the prisoner so that you can get the kidnapped person back to yourself. That's what redemption is. You pay for it, it releases them, and you get to bring them back home. Now, here's what's crazy. You can't make the payment because the payment is death. See, when we live a life separated from God, he says, that, the, the scriptures say, the, the wage you earn, because we actually earn this by saying no to God, if we continue to say, God, I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want you in my life, and I don't want to follow you, just let me do my own thing. That sin keeps you separated from God. And if you pay for that, then you, the payment is actually your death. So you can't pay that. But Jesus could. So that's what he was doing on the cross. Because he was actually, in that moment, he purchased you. He paid the price of death so that you all, all of your sin could be forgiven. That's redemption. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so you live in a power of darkness. Jesus comes, pays the price, rescues you from the dominion of darkness, and brings you home. He sets you free. He sets you free from all of your shame. He forgives you of all of your sin. There is no more condemnation. Jesus overcame the power, the dominion of darkness on the cross by paying for our sins as a pure and holy sacrifice to God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I know for me, I celebrate that. And I'm so grateful for what he's done. But Jesus also overcame death in the resurrection. So we didn't just die for our sins. Three days later, he rises from the dead. Acts 2.24 says, God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep him down. He lives. And that's our hope for today, you guys. The, the hope for today is as soon as when, when Jesus rescues you from the dominion of darkness, he brings you, God brings you into the kingdom of the son he loves. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ lets us know he is alive. This one who is full of love, who has the power over sin and also says yes to the father, loves the father, he now lives in us. And it's the kingdom of light. You're now in the kingdom of light. We can live a new life because Jesus Christ is living inside of us. You guys, here's the hope of Easter. Here's the hope. All of your sins are forgiven. You're reconciled back to God. He now is living inside of you to strengthen you to help you, to give you his peace, to give you his hope, to give you his power, to give you his love, to give you his joy, all that Jesus is. Easter tells us he's alive right now, man. He is alive. 
And when you receive Christ, you receive forgiveness for your sin, but you also receive the Spirit of God who's inside you. And the other thing the resurrection tells us, and this is so important, is that this place is not our home. Here's the other thing we know. Every one of us is going to face death. Everyone we love is going to die. We know that this life is temporary. And when Jesus Christ rose from the dead and defeated death and then was ascended into heaven, he showed us, you guys, there's something more than this. Your hope does not have to be in this world. There is eternal life. And when you receive me, you are guaranteed of heaven forever. Oh, you guys, this is the greatest news for me. And I hope you hear it and see it too. And if you're a believer, I pray you rejoice in this too. You are free from the power of darkness and you are filled with the spirit of God. And then the last thing I just want to share with you, which I think is so great, is that love actually overcomes the sin. Love overcomes the sin. See, what's crazy is once we kind of realize, it's like, yeah, I just don't want God. I can't do what God wants me to do. I keep doing things that are hurting myself. I keep doing things that are hurting other people. I can't follow him. Most of us would think, well, man, then I'm, I, I, I'm in trouble because God must not want anything to do with me the way that I'm living my life. And that's just not true. Look at this, Romans chapter five. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Remember this, you guys. When you're under the dominion of darkness, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't escape it. You are powerless. And what God says is this. Hey, listen. Right now, right now today, April 12th, 2020, if you feel powerless, if darkness is overcoming you, it's just the right time. It's just the right time. I die for the ungodly. And then he goes on and says, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while you were still sinners, Christ died for us. Hey, here's the greatest news in all the world. God is not waiting for you to get your act together. He's not asking you to stop being a sinner. He's asking you to trust him and to put your faith in him and his love overcomes your sin. He actually comes to you when you're powerless to do anything right, when you're not righteous. He actually comes to you when you're still sinning, when you're under the power of darkness. Jesus' love overcomes your sin. And then he forgives you. And here's the last thing I want to tell you. The kingdom of God is not forced upon you. Darkness is. So you can't help it, you can't do it. But the kingdom of God, the way of God, Jesus, it's all love. It's absolute, pure, perfect love. And that's why, which is so crazy, but this is why God never forces himself. He, never for, he will never force you to believe in him or trust him or receive him because it's actually a kingdom of love and love is only love if it's freely given and freely received. And so what do you do with this message today? 
What do you do with the fact that God so loved you that he sent his one and only son so that if you would believe in him, you would never perish but have everlasting life? What you do is you accept his invitation. And I believe that right now, God is telling you this Easter, listen, light, and I am the light, can overcome any darkness that's inside your soul and any darkness outside of you. And my kingdom is more powerful than the dominion of darkness. I can rescue you from that. You can't escape it, but I can rescue you. And I do by dying for you. I will pay the price so that you don't die in your sins. Don't die in your sins separated from God. Good Friday and Easter is Jesus telling you, I want you with me. And I will pay any price because I love you, I love you, I love you. So what does the scripture say? All you have to do is you are saved, you are rescued by faith. By grace, a gift from God through faith. If you today will say, Jesus, I don't want to live in darkness anymore. I have said no to you my whole life. And today, I want to turn from walking away from you. And I want to turn towards you. And I want to receive. I want to put my faith in you. And I want to receive your forgiveness. I believe that you died for me on that cross, suffered the pain of death and the penalty of death and the condemnation of death of all of my sin. And I want it all forgiven. He will forgive you today. And then he will put his spirit inside of you so that he's with you every moment so you can live a new life and you will have the assurance of heaven forever. Can I just, I just want to offer you that chance, even right now, if you've never made that decision to put your faith in Christ, this Easter, God is saying, you and I can be back together again. And if you will believe in Christ and receive him, receive his forgiveness, and receive the Holy Spirit, then you will become a child of God, and you will have the hope of eternal life. So let me pray for you. God, I ask right now in Jesus' name for any person who's watching this today who has never received you, who's been in darkness, who's been struggling with their life, who has shame on the inside, fear on the outside, And God, today, if any one of those people are saying, you know what? I believe you, Jesus. I believe you came to set me free and to forgive me. And I am putting my faith in you. I want to receive you into my life. I want to give you my life. And I want your light to overcome my darkness and your love to overcome my sin. God, I pray you'd give them that right now as they receive you and put their faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can I just say, if you did make that decision or if you'd like to talk to any of us about that, again, right here over to the side, just just click on the Next Step link and you can hit that link and give us your information and some of us will contact you this week, especially if you've made that decision to receive Jesus into your life, okay? Make sure you sign that card, uh, uh, fill that form out, and let us get together with you this week. And now, before we go into our musical worship, 
we're gonna celebrate communion. For every one of us who's a follower of Jesus Christ, today's our day. (laughs) Today's our day where Jesus said right before he died on the cross and he took the bread and he said, this is my body and it's broken for you. What's he saying in that moment? He's going, my body is my life. He goes, listen, those those of us who have eternal life, we're the ones who once lived in darkness. We were enemies of God doing what he didn't want us to do. And here's what we know. Jesus Christ loved us so much that he gave his life for us. Hey, can I just tell you, if you ever, and we all do, but if you are struggling at all today to wondering how valuable you are to God, the only way we know how valuable something is is how much somebody will pay for it. And Jesus said, I will give my life for your life. And so when we take this body, you guys, that's what we remember. I am dearly loved by God. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And that means me, and I'm looking at the band, that means everybody I can see in here, my wife who's sitting out there, everyone who's sitting in your living room with you, Jesus Christ die for them. They're so valuable. And so when we take this in, it's like Jesus saying, remember me. That's what he said. Remember me. I'm in you now. You've received me and I'm alive and my love is alive for you. I love you. And we have this love, you guys, now to give to each other because everybody has it. So take this bread and let's remember Jesus Christ who rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into his kingdom of love. Let's take and let's eat together. And then Jesus said, and this is my cup of my blood shed for the forgiveness of all of your sin. In the kingdom of God, we have redemption through the forgiveness of sins. Hey, no shame, no shame, no condemnation. Christ died once for all of your sin, all of it. And that's why we celebrate this, because we are forgiven, because we are reconciled through the death of Christ. And because that living Jesus who rose from the dead is our high priest right now today. And we can have absolute confidence. Let no sin, let no power of darkness, you guys, if you're a follower of Jesus today, let no power of darkness lie to you that any sin you've ever done wasn't covered by Christ. You're forgiven. And so is everybody else you know who's a follower of Jesus. So let's take and let's drink Let's celebrate again this day the blood of Christ shed for us. Father in heaven, we believe today that you're the one true God. And Jesus, we believe you're the Son of God, born of a virgin 
supernaturally the Son of Man and the Son of God. We believe that you lived a sinless life down here so that you could be the sacrifice for our sins. Jesus, we believe that we cannot escape the power of darkness, but we believe that you rescued us from it, and we praise you for that. Thanks for loving us while we were still sinners. Thanks for loving us and dying for us while we were still powerless and we could do nothing about it. We believe today you have rescued us from the dominion of darkness. And we believe today that we are living in the kingdom, in the power, the incomparably great power that rose you from the dead so that we can live a new life with you. We praise you for that. We look to you for that. And we can't wait now just to give you glory and thanks and praise in our lives that we might be the light of the world now in this darkness all around us because we have the hope of eternal life in Jesus Christ. And we pray all this in his name. Amen. All right. So now you guys just enjoy the worship. Enjoy the singing. Enjoy. Give your hearts a chance right now to say thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me. And thanks for bringing me in to your kingdom. Let's do it.